All right, welcome inside the basement of the Rod Peterson Show bunker. This is producer Clark here with Mad Max to my right. Max, how are you doing tonight? Fantastic, Clark. We are coming at you with another episode of the Squadcast, and we're very excited about tonight. We have some great chat coming up, so stay tuned and send in all your comments now. We want to get all your questions for later in the show when we do our Ask Us Anything segment. Uh, Jordan, hold that graphic for now. But we will be doing a segment later on where we're going to be answering as many of your questions as we can. So send them in now. Make sure you hit a like button. Make sure you hit the share button so we can keep this thing growing and keep this momentum going. All the buttons. Just hit them. All the buttons. And, of course, this show is brought to you by... Rockstar Supply and Chain Solutions. Uh, don't rack your brain trying to figure out what you need to get for your business. Just ask Darnell and Roxanne to take care of it for you, and they will. Uh, give them a call today, and they'll handle everything you need for your business uh, just like that. These guys are amazing. They uh, basically set your business up for success. Uh, whatever you do, wherever you are in the province, they drive around. Have you seen their new van? I haven't, but I'm, I'm I think sure it looks excellent. They, Everything they do is excellent. They posted a new picture uh, just today. I think they got a new van. So they're, I'll have uh, to be sure to check that they're out. They're primed and ready to go. Uh, so they've been helping a lot of people. We're getting into uh, the show breakdown here, and uh, Dr. Seuss is back, which is just Mad Max's oh, alias. Wow, way to blow the illusion, I guess. So, oh, okay. shoot. Sorry. No, Dr. Seuss wrote this for us. We got him to write it for us. You ready for this? Okay. This is your writing. So are you excited? I, I have no idea what's coming. Oh. So. Oh, no. Say it ain't so. As there is the possibility of no body checking coming to the O. Wrapping up the World Series, we talk analytics, and we know Blake smell it, smell. Blake Snell is eager to become one of the critics. Arash Madani joins us to talk Blue Jays for days. And did somebody see snow in the forecast? The snowman himself, Brian Snow, will arrive just in time to talk NFL and keep that baseball talk alive. All this and more in this edition of the Squadcast. We thank you for joining us. We're going to have a blast. How's that? That's pretty good. You read that excellently. Like, yeah. uh, whoever wrote that, the words just seem to jump off the page. When I've got two kids, put- so when you read enough like that kind of makes sense makes sense hey you get used to putting you're well trained you've done it well my friend uh we want to say hi to rod peterson who's tuning in tonight we got brady witt checking us out thank you gentlemen for hanging out with us tonight i know there's a lot going on i mean i posted the comment but i'm oh it did show up okay good Uh, is is there something else going on in the world tonight did uh, did they let us i I didn't get anything i forgot to check my schedule i'm not too sure something um the rod peterson show is sending us a comment thank you uh, IKS Media, let's do this. I agree. Absolutely, let's do this. We're going to get into it right away here. Our first topic of the night, again, just before we do that, Jordan, if you want to throw this co- uh, graphic up, uh, we're going to do an Ask Us Anything segment later in the show. I've already seen a question or two come in, so make sure you send in your questions now for the Ask Us Anything segment, and we're going to get to those at, at the end of the show following Brian Snow's interview uh, later on. Now, we're going to get to our first topic, and this one was... Uh, I'm still trying to wrap my head around all of this. There's a lot going on in the last couple of days. But recently it came out that the OHL is going to return to play. Mm-hmm. They've announced that. Uh, the puck drops December or to February 4th, as it says in the graphic there. And they've came out and said that they're coming back, but only if they meet the government's condition of no body checking, no body contact during the season. Uh, so this has led, obviously, to a lot of public outcry, a lot of hockey players coming out and being like, what? Like, how can you how can you even justify doing that? Uh, former NHLer John Scott saying that this is another step of this sissification, sissification of hockey. Is that in the Urban Dictionary yet? I think it's in Webster's Dictionary. Oh, wow. 
John Sissification. Scott. Credit to you. It's in the John Scott Dictionary. <laughs> I'll take that. Uh, so the crazy part of all this, Max, is the timeline is it's hard to follow. So I've, I did a little bit of research, and I figured out how it happened. So on Friday of last mm. week, Lisa McLeod, who's the director or the minister of sport in Ontario, mm. came out and said, uh, that this was going to be the case. You can come back and play, but we've agreed that there's going to be no contact. So everyone said, oh, I guess it's final. I guess the OHL agreed to it. So it turns out just minutes later, Darren Drager put mm-hmm. tweets, uh, I'm not sure about this. I've asked around and the OHL or sources from the OHL are saying this isn't the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, it hasn't been agreed upon. Uh, the terms aren't finalized, whatever. The next day, Saturday night, Ontario Premier Doug Ford comes out and says this exact quote, We are engaging with the OHL to create a safe return-to-play plan, which will need to be approved by health experts. Uh, Again, Saturday night he said this. I would like to see the OHL return as normal as possible with body checking. Uh, So that all happened on Saturday. And since then, it's kind of been back and forth. Uh, You know, the experts are saying one thing. Other people are saying others. And then a lot of criticism is coming out. uh, How could you even think about returning to play without body checking? Mm -hmm. So let's look at it both ways, Max. Can or should the OHL even bother without any body checking? And, you know, it's funny because I've seen a lot of women's hockey players come out mm. laughing like, you know, you can still play hockey, right? Like without body checking. It's we've been doing it for years here, guys. Like, yes. get over it. But what do you think about all this, Max? Give you, me your thoughts. You know what? Here's, and again, it's all because of the situation in the world that we're living in right now. Here's the thing that I'm not quite understanding. So are players not going to line up beside each other for face-offs anymore? Um, is there going to be essentially taking away 20 to 30 to 40% of the game that we all know and love? At the end of the day, this is about reducing the spread of COVID. Now, I don't know if the OHL has been taking notes from how it's gone down in the queue, but it hasn't gone really well. I think at the end of the day, we're all living in this hypothetical scenario, right? It's And it's every industry that's being impacted. Movie industries, dates are getting pushed back on blockbuster movies. Um, there's just no, I guess firm date so to speak as to really when this is all going to go down february 4th puck drop sounds fantastic yeah is that going to actually be the case i don't know and without the ohl being able to come back and play hockey especially with no no fans in attendance is this really gonna fly i don't know to me it just seems like it's it's a date to announce to maybe stay relevant for now but i don't know i i'm my money's still on february 4th if it's not going to be full-on body contact, being able to play hockey the way we all know and love it. And that's, I guess, going to be kind of a litmus test of what the World Juniors is scheduled to be. Are they going to be able to do it in, I guess, a safe environment and albeit a bubbled format? Again, there's just so many what-ifs, so many hypotheticals yet to play out. February 4th sounds like a great date. I don't know about you, Clark. I don't see it coming back unless the O signs off on this. And to me, I don't think they're going to do it. Yeah, and there's a lot to it. Um, but for me, like the, the whole body checking issue, uh, we were talking Darren DuPont and Rod, I guess, too. But me and Darren were having a chat about mm-hmm. it uh, before the show the other day. And his thoughts were, you know, there's there's not a lot of hitting in junior hockey as it is anyways now. And, you know, I sort of agree with that. Yeah, it's not the same as it was back in the 90s and whatever other era you want to compare it to. But it's the top developmental league in Mm -hmm. the world. And if you're not preparing those players to jump into the NHL, which is generally the goal, I know not only a percentage of players Mm -hmm. do end up going. But if you're spending an entire year with those top prospects who are playing in the league, not getting hit or not doing any hitting then it's really uh, impacting their development. And uh, 
I don't see a whole lot of NHL teams being super stoked about that. No, not at all. Uh, I don't see a whole lot of university hockey teams who have prospects coming up being super stoked about that. Uh, pro teams in Europe, they're going to be getting guys coming over from the OHL in the next couple of years who haven't been hitting. There's contact in Europe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess you said it earlier too, but you know what? <laughs> before we started the show, you said mm-hmm. this. Lisa McLeod, who made this recommendation, has not come from a sports background. No. So what does she really think that no hitting is going to accomplish? They're still skating around. They're still going to be puck battles. Mm-hmm. There, there's still puck battles in women's hockey. There's no, there's no body checking in women's hockey. They still, there's still some intense battles for pucks. Yep. They dig in the corners. Like those girls don't, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to say the right term here, but they don't mess around. No, not at all. So, you know, what does she expect? Just because there's not a, a you know open ice hit in the neutral zone, that they're still not going to be bumping and rubbing up against each other on the boards, and there's still not going to be puck battles in front of the net with a loose puck, and mm-hmm. there's still not going to be scrums. Like, what are the, what do they really think that no body contact is really going to accomplish? It looks good to the optics outside of the game of hockey, which I don't know about you, but why why cater to the no. the optics outside of the game, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, if COVID cases increase or decrease, or I don't think it's going to decrease, but if they increase as a result of body checking and particles being breathed on from, like you said earlier, a puck battle, which you can't really eliminate that in the game of hockey. Otherwise, you might as well just call it something different. Yeah, um, It's going to be really interesting to see kind of how this all plays out. And I think, again, it's, it's funny. We allude to maybe her not having a sports background necessarily and not necessarily understanding the impact of coming out with a statement like that saying there's not going to be any body checking allowed. Again, this is coming from her, but also public health officials' recommendations, all of these different things that, again, we're just living in a world of so much uncertainty. And I don't know about you, but I don't necessarily want to tune into a game that isn't the game that I know and love personally. But it's going to be interesting to see what can get sorted out by February 4th. And if it can't get sorted out by way of a vaccine or by way of quick testing, like minute testing before games, I've heard that theory floated around. It's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens on a long-term basis. And again, when they get going, right? What happens if two weeks into the season, we all of a sudden have a situation like in the QMGHL where you've got to shut down temporarily or possibly permanently. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how it all pans out. Yeah, we have a caught. It's a comment, but it's a question. It's put in question form. And Jackson Seal says, I mean, look at midget AAA and AA. They're using contact. What's the difference? And, and that's exactly it. Junior A, hockey has contact. Mm-hmm. The WHL is planning on having contact. The Q is having contact. Mm-hmm. European leagues are playing normally. Nothing's different. They have obviously different fan regulations, but they're still playing hockey as it's meant mm-hmm. to be played. The NHL just did it. So what difference is it going to make? That's just my biggest thing is what difference is it really going to make? And maybe we just preface this. We're not doctors. We certainly don't understand no. the ins and outs I'd love and to hear but... from a, somebody who thinks that that's going to change any type of spread. Yes. If you think it's going to spread with body contact, don't play. Don't play. Because mm-hmm. you're going to get it. Don't play. Mm-hmm. If you want to become the X Factor on your basketball team, <laughs> I didn't segue. I didn't know how to segue. We got that. heated there for the first time ah, in five episodes. Well, it's frustrating, Max. I know. I know. So if you want to be the X Factor on your basketball team, check out our friends at hooplifebasketball.com. Use promo code SQUAD10 for 10% off all camps, sessions, and apparel on their website. And with Christmas coming up, the basketball player in your life is going to love a Hoop Life bunny hug. Bunny hug. Uh, or 
camp registration. So check it out, hooplifebasketball.com, and that's promo code SQUAD10. Our next topic tonight, we're going to get right into it now. Um, Just a quick question here. Again, Jackson Seals tuning in. Uh, and I see a question also that one you can't see on our screen is mm-hmm. actually from Craig Smith. So I'm going to save that one for later, Craig. Excellent. Make sure you stick around. We're going to get to that. Uh, so Jackson Seal says, are fans able to watch games in the WHL and OHL? Uh, so they hasn't been really announced yet. The WHL is planning on it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're obviously a revenue-driven league, so they will want fans in the stands. The OHL, I don't think, has said a single thing about it. No, and I think the Q is receiving some funding from the province anyways to allow right. them to go forward. I forgot so about that. that's going to happen in the O and the Dub, yeah, it's, again, so much, so much what-ifs. Yeah, Jackson, stay tuned for that. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot to come in terms of fans in the stands for all sports, not just junior hockey. There's Mm -hmm. NHL, NBA, everything. Logistics TBD. Yeah. So we're getting into our next topic here, and this one was a big one. Jordan, there's a graphic for this one here if you want to get it ready. One of a few scandals going on in baseball right now, because it always seems to be... season ended, Clark. There always always seems to be one. There's got to be a scandal in baseball. Or six. Is the pulling... Yeah, of Ray's starting pitcher, Blake Snell. There he is. Look at him looking so disappointed walking off the field. Yeah. Uh... After just 73 pitches in what was dubbed an analytics move, and we're going to get into this with Arash Madani in just a few minutes. Uh, I don't think he's logged in yet. Jordan, can you just let me know when he does log in? Thank you. Okay. Uh, so he, we're going to get into that with Arash, but Blake Snell was pulled after 73 pitches in what was dubbed an analytics move, and it's been criticized. I was going to say it's been praised. No, it's just been, just <laughs> it's been criticized. widely criticized. Yeah. Now, uh, I guess one of the arguments could be, Max, what happened if the Rays would have won that game? We, we wouldn't be talking about it. And save your thoughts for just a sec. Absolutely. But it went as far, Max, as the Dodgers players laughing at Kevin Cash. And as Blake Snell walked off the field, they were almost cheering in their dugout. Yeah. So... Uh, Dodgers star pitcher Walker Bueller was actually quoted as saying, I think you want to go deep in games and help your team win as a starting pitcher. And he certainly was doing that. And I'm sure he felt like he could have continued to do that. And it's not really my place to say what they did and what's right or what's wrong. Uh, I know certainly I would have been a little upset, he says, if it was me. But, you know, what? It, it is what it is. We got lucky and we scored a couple of runs and we beat a really good team. Mm-hmm. And there will always be talks of what could have been for the Rays and Blake Snell. But the simple fact of the matter is the Dodgers won and there's really no going back now. And Kevin Cash has already come out kind of and said that he basically would do it again. So bluntly, Max, has analytics gone too far in baseball and maybe sports in general? Uh, and what's going to be the impact, do you think, of this event going forward. Yeah, and I mean, we kind of touched on it with our, our good friend Ken Reed last week about analytics, and especially in baseball, right? It's it's going to be kind of funny to see maybe what Arash has to say on the matter, but when it comes to, to analytics, I've certainly switched my stance on it maybe a little bit. At the end of the day, when it comes to a pitcher and just baseball as a whole, there's a feel to it, right? There's a component that, hey, can you do you feel like, as you said earlier, can you go deep in a game and 73 pitches in, he was cruising. Sometimes you got to throw the analytics out the window, but it also got the race to within two games of a World Series victory. It was a strategy that they had implemented the entire season, um, even going back more seasons. So like you look at their payroll, they, they spend a lot of money on analytics, not necessarily on players. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's really unfortunate to see that's how it panned out. But when it comes to the Justin Turner side of things, maybe Kevin Cash just saved baseball. <laughs> inadvertently i don't don't know if he meant to or not by yeah. uh, his choice to do so but the overcorrection has gone almost too far because mm-hmm. obviously they went from you know the whole money ball era to 
extra stats and then they're basing all of their lineup decisions off of these stats and you know this guy can't hit lefties on this day and this weather and like mm-hmm. you know ken reed kind of said that uh i think it was ken who was it that said it uh we'll get to that later but it was just interesting that you know he, they, they pull him it doesn't go well and mike richards was on the show wow. that's who it was it was mike richards on the rod peterson show mm-hmm. earlier in the week uh or sorry it was last week after it happened and he said uh it was a bad night for nerds. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it doesn't look good. Uh, analytics obviously has a very important place. And I, I do believe that. I've always been on the side that there is a place for analytics in sports. I believe when constructing a roster or picking between two players, maybe in a trade uh, or trying to construct trade value. Maybe if a guy doesn't fit your team and uh, you can use analytics in that way. Mm-hmm. But... It's tough when it comes down to making an in-game decision like that, mm-hmm. and you see how bad of a fail it turns into. Then it's just like, okay, guys, step back, you know your place. Yeah, let the manager do his thing. This Kevin Cash has been playing baseball professionally for longer than probably a lot of those mm-hmm. guys have known what they're doing in analytics. Absolutely. So why why are they all of a sudden coming out and trying to change everything and influence all these in-game decisions? Again, I think analytics should be off the field, uh, you know, off-season stuff. Creates a lot of jobs, that's for sure. Oh, definitely. In, in, in the analytics. And again, community. there's a place for it. Yes, absolutely. Yep. So Time and a place. And yeah, that was, I don't know, it was a tough one to swallow for the Rays. Is now you've got to go through potentially a 162-game grind to go get to your first World Series championship again. And the other thing I know that draws the ire of, too, is a guy like Blake Snell, right? What does that do to him when his contract's up? Does he want to be in an organization that has that steadfast belief in, okay, well, I can't go past the third time round in the order, even though I'm absolutely cruising and throwing a gem again it's interesting how much it impacts a guy's psyche as a whole so yeah now jackson seal says i hate how much stats are in baseball now and that's coming from a kid who literally got mad at me for not giving him a hit one time and it affected his batting average by 0.005 percent so i okay and then uh we got rod and carrie monroe here yes sometimes you have to go with your gut I think they should have given him a few more batters to see how he would do. I think more than a few batters, honestly. They were 0 for 6. They had the top of the order coming up, and he yeah. 0 for 6 with 6 He was six rolling through them. Ooh. This is just a quick one. Let's get into it super fast here, mm-hmm. Max, kind of on the fly. Yes. Todd Pinckney, our good uh, slow-pitch buddy, says, the mm-hmm. Phillies need to re-sign the best catcher in baseball in Real Muto, and then Harper and Fanatics will be rolling, 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 rolling. Uh, that's interesting. Um, I'm pretty sure Harper's got a 13-year contract. I think he's locked he's up. He's good. Right? <laughs> uh, but I agree that uh, JT Real Muto is in line to be the highest mm-hmm. paid catcher of all time. Uh, you know what? I have that lined up to talk to Arash, and Jordan's just telling me that Arash is getting ready here. So awesome. uh, we have a couple of minutes. We still have to get into the next thing here. <laughs> My nephew here, Jackson, says, uh, hey, now, Clark, I have to keep it over 500 late season. You're right. You're right. You're a stud. Uh, that contract extension, man. Robin Wildey in Prince Albert. Robin, thanks for tuning in. Analytics kill the feel for the game when managing or coaching. And as a coach myself, I coach baseball for mm-hmm. a couple of years. Um, you know, the feel for the game is huge. Like mm-hmm. even just coaching 13, 14 year olds in Bantam baseball, yep. like if you if you can sense that a kid's rolling through a lineup or mm-hmm. a team can't touch them. You, you let him go. Oh, you ride absolutely. that horse. Yep. So, you know, I, f- I feel bad for Kevin Cash because he, he took a chance on a 
on what he thought was the right move, and it just really didn't pay off. But yeah. we got to get into the Vigor fan vote. Jordan, if you want to throw the Vigor fan vote up, check out this gorgeous graphic we got made by the IKS team coming up here. Look at oh, that. Ooh, Vigor fan vote. So you guys had the <laughs> opportunity all day long to vote on what you think we should talk about in this segment, brought to you by Vigor Lifestyles, uh, health and wellness supplements, and sorry, natural health and healing which they do all of that, so none of that was wrong. But you had the opportunity to vote, and I'm just going to pull it up here. I believe we had uh, over 65 votes on this one today, which was great. I should have pinned it to the profile is what I should have done. But what ended up winning was Kirby Doc to the World Juniors. Now, we're going to get into some World Junior talk here. Yeah. We've already had some good junior hockey talk here. This is great. Oh, I know. People must uh, be feeding off that energy. Hey, going back to when we had Joel on the show, it's, yeah. uh, it's nice to see everybody's getting excited about uh, the most wonderful time of the year. And we hockey. will be bringing Joel Henderson back in here to talk about the mm-hmm. World Juniors closer to that date. It beat out Justin Turner and the Dodgers, which I'm good. I'm kind of glad. I'm kind of over talking about that. Yeah. Beat out the Mets' new owner. We we're going to talk about how the Mets might be making some big splashes here in MLB free agency. Maybe that's a topic for Brian Snow later yes and uh also clark on the leafs one of these days it's gonna win <laughs> one of these days it's gonna hit one of these days it got <laughs> it got 16 percent of the vote so my vote wasn't the only one i voted for it because i do every percent of the vote that's like about how much they make it through the playoffs every year oh right? god sorry i had a good comment from my buddy dustin henderson he said uh okay clark you're doing great on the show i've tuned in a few times just keep that leafs talk to a minimum <laughs> and i said you know how hard it is dustin it's hard but we're going to talk about Kirby Doc here mm-hmm. now. Uh, big news came out this week that the Chicago Blackhawks are going to be allowing Kirby Doc to go to World Junior Camp. Now, this is all contingent on when NHL camps start yeah. uh, and when it all happens. But that's kind of a big thing because this has led now to widespread speculation that more NHL teams are going to be doing this yeah. uh, with the World Junior eligible players. And in fact, Max, uh, I don't know if you were paying attention, because you had jury duty. I, I'm always paying attention. Even during jury duty. Don't tell the court of Saskatchewan that. I pay right, attention right, right, all the time. Anyways. Uh, this was the other day. It's before your jury duty. Gotcha. Alan Miller of the Moose Jaw Warriors, general manager, also the general manager of Hockey Canada's selection committee, uh, he joined us and he said that they have been in active talks with New York with the New York Rangers for forward Alexis Lafreniere. So that's obviously a big one. He's coming off of two CHL MVPs. I think he was the MVP of the World Juniors last year. He made the tournament all-star team. I don't okay. know if... I want to say Pod Colson, possibly. Mm. We'll get somebody, a fact check on Somebody that. in the comments, please let us know. The yeah. fanalists, hit us up. Yeah. Did Alexi Lafreniere win the MVP you of the World Juniors? You win the prize Juniors? of pride for looking I up great did, info for us. But it could be wrong. Uh, they've also been in talks with LA Kings forward Quinton Byfield. I would hope that's an automatic. You'd think so because he's obviously pretty young, but he's mm-hmm. the same age as Lafreniere, so you never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some other NHL teams too, guys like Bowen Byram, who got invited, so he should be fine. But uh, other NHL teams too. Now, not only that, but he also alluded, Alan Miller did, to the fact that Finland could be getting Capo Kako. <sighs> The United States could be getting Jack Hughes out of New Jersey. Wow. Obviously, if the Rangers let Lafreniere go, they're going to let Kako go. Yeah. So you'd think that would be the case. And Trevor Zegras from Anaheim might also be going to the U.S. And then there's some other guys as well, like some Russians and some Swedes. And But those are the ones he mentioned. So, Max, if this is the case, we're looking. He Now, Alan Miller dubbed it another 2005 World Juniors where we had the likes of Sidney Crosby, 
uh, Patrice Bergeron, mm-hmm. Ryan Getzlaff, Corey Perry. You had the list open. Can you go down some of the names? Do you have it open still? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, quite quite the list actually. He did win MVP. Too, Adam Schultz coming team. up with the uh, with the save there. He Excellent. did win MVP. I thought so. Good stuff, Schultz. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So the names go over some list. of the names in 2005. Oh. Yeah, Patrice Bergeron, 13 points in six games. Ryan Getzlaff, good local boy out of Regina here. Jeff Carter. Sydney, Just go down the names. Sidney Crosby, he's pretty good. Uh, Andrew Ladd, Corey Perry, Nigel Dawes, Dion Phaneuf, Mike Richards, Clark MacArthur, Anthony Stewart. And you know what? At the very bottom Anthony of the list, Stewart. Shea Stu Weber. My, my man, Shea Weber. Shea. So it was just a stacked team from top to bottom. I don't have the goaltenders of that team, but they Jeff just, Glass and Rajon Boschman. You have the goaltenders. I remember that. Team. I don't know why I remember that one so vividly, but I do. Either way. Um, just a quick one, just while we're talking about this. Shout out to the North Regina Little mm-hmm. League. Good evening, fellas. Just the weekly check-in with our Chase the Ace jackpot update. Jackpot is up to $11,000. Draws nice. are on Saturday on our Facebook Live page. Get a ticket or two today. Now, again, I think we asked this last week or two mm-hmm. weeks ago, but this is just in Regina, guys. Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. I Chris clarified that for us last week. So if you're yeah. in Saskatchewan, head to the North Regina Little League Facebook page and get your tickets. And if you're outside of Saskatchewan, ring up somebody in Saskatchewan and send them some money. Yeah. Because it's a big prize and it's an awesome cause. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're back into World Junior Talk. So you also made a connection. Oops, I closed what I wanted to look at. You also made a connection, Max, earlier. Mm-hmm that there's an interesting connection to Kirby Dock on yeah, that team. Who, who do you got his, on there? His current coach on the Chicago Blackhawks, Jeremy Colleton, played one game. I believe he got injured that year. He did play the year previous, I believe, yeah, I uh, 2004. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's it's kind of funny how it all works out and comes full circle just with these connections from these legendary teams. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. If he's the first-line center on that team, man, put Lafreniere on the wing. Oh, geez, yeah, it's shades of 2005 all over again yeah. for Canada at the World Juniors. But as you mentioned earlier, Clark, holy man, is every team going to be possibly loaded up or what? This could make for hockey-starved fans. It's kind of funny. We're at the start of November. There's no hockey going on. It feels very, very strange. feels weird. But, uh, yeah, come uh, late December, come January, it could be uh, a really good appetizer to potentially a really late start to an NHL season. Yeah, it's uh, really looking forward to that with... Uh, some big names potentially showcasing themselves in a tournament, like you said, when we're mm-hmm. kind of starved for hockey. Robin Wildy saying that uh, now, Robin, were you saying was Jeff Glass on the Raiders? Or are you talking about Jeremy Colton, former PA Raider in net for Team Canada? I think that was Jeff Glass. Was he? I thought he was on the Kootenai back in the day. Mm. Was he in? Was he with the Raiders Good first? Trivia question. And then another former ago. Raider, uh, Jeremy Colton, was on the Raiders as well. Mm-hmm. So cool little connection there with Robin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, of course, was the uh, Vigor fan vote that was brought to you by Vigor Lifestyles. Visit Vigor.ca, that's V-I-G-R.ca, and check out their full lineup of natural health and healing supplements, including the amazing Elk Velvet Antler, with, of course, me and Max have both been taking, and coming up, Brian Snow just got a shipment of it, Yeah. so we'll get his thoughts on Vigor uh, as well. I know he's already said he's been feeling the effects, so that's great. Uh, Elk Velvet is an adapt Elk Velvet Antler is an adaptogen meaning it's designed by nature to work for your body. So this powerful ancient medicine may take effect the very first time you use it targeting areas of your body that need it the most. Uh, that's vigor.ca to get started on the right path to health for you. We are going to head to a commercial break here and we're coming back. Arash Madani is lined up and ready to go. Cool. So we're going to get to Arash Madani, Excited Major to League to Baseball, Arash. Blue Jays talk, really looking forward to it. Let's head to a break now. We'll see you afterwards. Don't rack your brain trying to source the equipment and materials you need for your business. Rockstar can operate your entire supply chain, from PO creation to expediting your shipments, all from our office. 
Leverage the buying power of the Rockstar Buying Group to not only save money and time, but also the headache. From gloves to glue, we can provide it for you. Find out more at rockstar.com. Everyday hoop life. Does this look familiar? Your fans deserve an incredible arena experience. It's time for an upgrade. Stunning graphics. Revenue opportunities are just the beginning with our in-venue display systems and scoring technology. Let us help you find the best solution for your facility. DDG, always delivering the best fan experience. Find us at ddgregina.com. He's covering everything that matters to you. It's the Rod Peterson Show. Tune in live Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to noon, to catch the show live and be a part of the action. Take control by commenting live and sharing the show with your friends. IKS Live. IKS Live. Western Canada's premier production services company. LED. LED sign rentals. Video. Video production. Event. Event management. Look no further than IKS Live. Visit our website. IKS Live. Always the best seat in the house. IKS Live. We are back, and we are going to go right into it here. We're not wasting any time because we have our next guest in, courtesy of IKS Media, and that, of course, is Sportsnet reporter and frequent flyer, Mile Porter. I, I should have written that differently. That was a terrible little four-word. Frequent flyer, Miles Hoarder. Arash Madani. Arash, thanks for checking in with us tonight. Yeah, that was that was so 2010s, guys. I don't fly anymore anywhere. Uh, the <laughs> pandemic is taking care of me. You're totally right. That's a good point. You've been uh, you've been cooped up in your house for the last little while, and uh, we've noticed that you're on a bit of a health kick. How's that been going lately for you? Uh, so far, so good. So far, so good. And now I gotta clean out my gut out my condo. So that's the next project that's uh, that's on the go right now. Uh, as we all want to get out and, and out and about a little bit more. And, and Arash, one more thing before we get into the baseball talk, which we're going to dive into in just a few seconds, but we talked about it a little bit before. You had a big win over the weekend for your Vikings. How are you feeling right now? You know, there are very few things as a sports fan that are better than going into Lambeau Field and absolutely crushing those guys. Um, you know, that, that team whose name we don't talk about and a state we don't recognize by name, and going in there and running the ball down their throats and them being unable to do anything about it, as nice as when Randy Moss would go in there and moon uh, the folks of whatever that place is, uh, was great. This, this, one was, this one was nice, too. 
Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, as a Falcons fan, you guys beat us the other week, and uh, you're <laughs> no, welcome, we I guess. No, was it? What was the final score no. in that one? How did that one go? I, you know, as a Falcons fan, I'm just like used to losing now, so I don't even know anymore. Nothing at the half. At the time, you were an unbeaten, you're a winless team, and came in and. Well, you know why the Vikings won? Kirk Cousins, they took the ball to Kirk Cousins' hands, and they just ran the football. So as long as Kirk Cousins and his $32 million contract have nothing to do with state of affairs, <laughs> we're going to be okay. Yeah, and there you go. It's uh, Dalvin Cook had quite the day. Oh, yeah, <laughs> full cookie monster. Absolutely. So, Arash, uh, we're, we're going to get into the Jays in a sec, but just before we do, uh, obviously the World Series just took place. You were right in the middle of it in terms of coverage. That's why we had to wait and to get you on today instead of a couple of weeks ago, which is fine. You had stuff going on. But obviously one of the bigger storylines coming out of that was Justin Turner, uh, the whole you know what happened with the team picture at the end of the game. Do you have anything uh, in terms of updates uh, on what's going on with that or what's the fallout been from that? Well, there's no updates because the players have all gone home and now they're living their regular lives. They're not in the bubble. So we're probably not going to hear much about it until spring training. And that's if somebody wants to come forward with it. I, I just thought it was so convenient for baseball to come out and just lay the entire blame on Justin Turner. It wasn't that easy of the league to do when in reality, Justin Turner had tested positive for COVID, yes, but he had been in the dugout for seven innings until baseball finally got themselves a positive test because the second inning test came back inconclusive. So if Justin Turner was going to have spread the virus, he already would have done so. And baseball didn't stop the game in the seventh inning when they knew Turner had tested positive, even though he had been in contact with his teammates in the dugout, even though he'd been in contact with some Tampa Rays, even with fellow Dodgers being in contact with Tampa Rays. Baseball is very, very fortunate that LA won that game, guys, because if it was going game seven, we may not have played it by now. And the, the result of the World Series would not have been known by now, perhaps. I thought it was very convenient just to blame Turner and that whatever methodology that baseball had relying on a Utah-based lab to come up with some results obviously didn't work properly. So it's very easy to just blame Turner, but in reality, there was so much more that went into it, namely a league that didn't address the problem until they absolutely had to. Yeah, no, and gosh, we were kind of blessed with a bunch of storylines to come out of that game, and maybe Kevin Cash is to thank mostly for uh, the reason it didn't get to a Game 7 and not having to deal with all the controversy, but that's kind of what I wanted to discuss, Arash, was kind of flipping the script a little bit on the COVID situation. Blake Snell, Kevin Cash comes out as he's seemingly cruising, 73 pitches, whatever it was. Um, many are kind of dubbing that as an analytics move. I'm sure you've talked about it a lot over the last week. Has there been any fallout in, I guess, the analytics community, especially in baseball circles, as we all know the story of going around the third time in the order? But what seemingly was the consensus there as to why that took place? Because that's what they do. I mean... The Rays got to game six of the World Series because this is their methodology. This is how they go about it. The Rays lost game six of the World Series because they, they stuck with it. The issue, guys, on this whole analytics thing is that it's almost a referendum. You're either all in or all out. The data is a tool. 
So use the tool where you see fit. Don't necessarily subscribe to this as a mantra, as a manual, as a GPS. Look, the GPS may say take the highway, but when you know that one lane is closed and there's been an accident and there's construction, okay, well, the GPS said take the highway. You're like, no, no, I'm going to take the back roads because I know where I need to get to and what the situation is. This is a game that is played by humans. This is a game that has a heartbeat. There are some days, fellows, where you guys are in the gym or you guys are on the golf course, and some days you just, every drive is feeling great. No, now, there's not. Over 100, <laughs> no, there's, no, there's not. not. <laughs> um, over 162 games, the math works and the math adds up. October is not a 162 game season. At some point, you have to trust your eyes. At some point, you have to watch what is happening right before you and say, that dude is dealing, and he is untouchable. I mean, let's think about what was coming up in the order. Betts, Seeger, Turner. They were 0 for 6 with six punch-outs. Cody Bellinger laughed in his walk-off interview with Fox Sports when A-Rod asked him, what did you think when Snow went out? He said, ha, ah, great job sticking to the plan, guys. We're thrilled because Snell was filthy and we couldn't touch him. Use analytics for what they are. Use them as a tool. But analytics are the sides on the plate. They are the really nice glass of wine. They're the fancy lights. They're not the meat on the plate. And when you go to a steakhouse, you're going for a really good cut of meat. As good as the mushrooms may be, and as nice as the asparagus is, you don't go to a steakhouse because of the bread. You go to the steakhouse for that hunk of meat, and that hunk of meat was Blake Snell, and it was mismanaged by Kevin, by not just Kevin Cash, but by the by, by the organization because this was a predetermined move to remove Snell in that spot. Speaking about hunks of meat, we'll get to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in just a minute. Uh, we're going to jump into Jay's talk now, though. Uh, so first of all, before we get into really any of the roster stuff that me and Max want to get into, without them knowing where they're going to be playing their home games next year, as of, as of what we know right now, is that going to affect their entire offseason in terms of who they're able to attract, uh, what they're able to do with their, their training routines? Like, wh how is this offseason going to play out if they don't know where they're going to be playing their home games next year? Yeah, I don't think that's going to make that much of an impact, guys. I think where it's really going to... I think the industry's in some trouble. And I think this is going to be a really intriguing offseason. How much money is there to go around after 30 teams had next to no revenues all year? I mean, the Chicago Cubs talked about losing $150 million this season. So how much money do you have for free agency? And what's the payoff of having a really competitive team if you are not going to reap the benefits of 10, 15,000 more fans paying to come watch you play next season. I don't, look, I think George Springer is going to get paid. I don't know how many free agents, though, that are sitting there on the market are going to get the kind of cash that we've, we've been used to seeing some guys get, the Harpers, the Machados, et cetera. I even look at a Marcus Stroman. I wonder what Stroman's going to get on the open market this year. I mean, let's remember, guys, they're used to getting 81 games worth of revenue 
81 games of ticket sales, 81 games of parking revenue, 81 games of concessions, 81 games of merchandise. That turned into zero. $150 million less in Chicago. That is a lot of money. And when you don't have that to spend, I, I, everything has been unprecedented, right? Everything's been the unknown. I think this is right there too. A hundred percent, Arash. And I mean, and that's the thing, I guess that's the world that we're living in these days, but maybe looking at from a baseball side, I, mean, I guess obviously the detractors being what's going to go on with money and pretty much everything in the big picture scope for the Jays themselves. Did you see enough or do you think even maybe Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins saw enough that if there is some money from Rogers to be made available, do you think that they would maybe look at this year being a year where they could take a big step forward and make a big splash? What do you think based on what you saw out of a 60 game sample size this season? It's a great question. I don't know what to make of a 60 game sample size. A 60-game sample size takes you into early June. What do we know in early June about a team? Nothing. I mean, the year prior in late May, uh, the Nationals were 12 games below 500, and they came back and won the won the World Series. So I don't know. I don't. I, I really don't know what what we learned from that team. I think there are as many. I think there are a few answers. I think if he's healthy, and it's a big if. I think they have something in Jordan Romano. We'll see what happens coming off that hand injury. Bo took a step. You have the versatility of Kevin Biggio. That's not going away. But I think you have, I think what the sample size showed you is you have a lot of questions. You have a lot of questions to who your third baseman is going to be. You have, you need to upgrade your center field situation. I don't know if we have any answers. Uh, a catcher. They definitely need a couple of starting pitchers. I've I've been of the belief that the Blue Jays, if they're going to be in any kind of contention, and who knows what the rest of the American League East is going to do, but just in terms of who they are themselves, I always thought they were a 2022 team. They'd be a team that could contend. Look, in an expanded playoffs where it felt like everybody got in, um, the Jays got in by the skin of their teeth in a 60-game sample size. And good. It was an opportunity. They were in some kind of race. They went through it. They learned from it. But here's the other thing we don't know, guys. How many games of the season going to be next year? There, there are so many unknowns. And, and let's remember, the collective bargaining agreement expires at the end of next year. What's that going to mean coming off of presumably two seasons of very little revenue? So I, I understand the question. What do you go do? Do you go spend on Trevor Bauer? Sure. If you can get Trevor Bauer locked up long-term, absolutely, because you're going to have him. You know, if you have Bauer, Ryu, Ryu Bauer as one and two in your rotation, and then you complement it with whatever else you have, if they can lock up Taiwan Walker, have that as a one, two, three, and not put a lot of pressure on Nate Pearson off the jump and if he can be your four or five starter hey that that that's that's solid um but there are just so many unknowns of what the 2021 season is going to be what it's going to look like how many games how big are the rosters going to be 26 man 28 man hard to know hard to know 
Yeah, and we, you kind of mentioned a couple of the guys, but that kind of leads me into my next question. Uh, if you look internally in terms of the free agents that they have currently that are coming up, the Taiwan Walkers who you mentioned, and some of the other guys, Matt Shoemaker, Joe Panic, a couple depth guys, but a lot of pitchers. Uh, do you think that they are going to look internal in terms of just locking up some of those guys who had some roles on their team last year? Or, and again, you kind of alluded to it, but will they look outwards and maybe try to land a big fish or some depth guys that way, given the uncertainty of the market? How about both? both. How about both? Look, you know, Tywin Walker is somebody who, and look, we, we weren't around the ballpark every day, so we didn't have the conversations. Tywin Walker has publicly come out and said, hey, I like the situation here. I like the ball club. I like where it's headed. But ultimately, guys, it's going to come down to money in terms. You know, I mean, especially now, especially with the economics being what they are, if the Jays are willing to give Taiwan Walker an extra year than anybody else, which is how they got Ryu, don't forget, pre-pandemic, everybody was offering Hunjin three years. The Blue Jays offered him four at $20 million. That's how they landed him. But the Jays, money-wise, are, you know, are in a decent spot. Outside of Ryu and Grichuk, who are they paying? So there, there is there is money there to be spent. Now, I understand Joe Panic provides some value and some depth. Joe Panic uh, is just a guy. This is going to be about pitching. It's going to be about bringing an impact thumper of a bat to your lineup. It's about upgrading defensively at third base and finding something in center field. Uh, I think those are the priorities. That, you know, if I'm looking at it right now, in addition to starting pitching. So, yeah, I was just going to say that was actually, again, leads me into my next question. But in terms of priorities, if, if you were if you had a gun to your head uh, and you're Ross Atkins or you're Mark Shapiro and you can only pick one, would you rather improve the third base spot, that center fielder spot or that pitching spot? And I know catcher catcher is kind of an anomaly, so we'll just leave that. It's kind of its own thing. But out of those three, I'm, I'm assuming that those are going to be their top three. Which would you go after if you had only one shot? Here's what I do. I make a trade with Cleveland. I ask for a five-day window of negotiation. I give Francisco Lindor all the money in the world. I don't even offer him a contract. I just bring a Brinks truck to his house, and I empty the entire Brinks truck on the lawn. Yeah. And I say, you're going to be my guy for the next seven years. I move Bo Bichette over to shortstop. And I make Kevin Biggio my third baseman 100 days of the year. And then he can move around another 50 and he sits for 12. That's what I do. Uh, Can't argue with that. You do. That's exciting to hear. I, I'd love to have that scenario play out. Yep. Well, Cleveland's already shown that they're in sell mode. They didn't give their closer $10 million. There's a relationship with Atkins and Shapiro going back to the Cleveland days with Lindor. Lindor next offseason, should he get to free agency, is going to be the guy. Um, so that that that's how I that's how I handle that situation. If if I could, you know, if there's a lot of ifs to that conversation, can you make the trade? Can you extend them? Can you get the five day window? Um, I don't think Bo would be happy about making the position change right away, but it's all part of it. I I, I spoke with Biggio. Shoot, three, four weeks left in the season, maybe three weeks left in the season. He actually said, because he played everywhere this season. He played short, he played third. Um, he played second, he played right and center. He may have even played left field too. 
I said, Kevin, you played like five different positions in the last eight days. He actually said third base is where he's most comfortable because he plays there coming up. So Biggio's versatility is so important. But if you want your infield of the future, you have the established guy in Lindor. And again, we're talking pie in the sky here, guys. Like this is this is not definitive by any stretch. You're asking me if I win Lotto Max, what I'm, you know, <laughs> what kind of yacht am I? Yeah, um, you had a gun that, to your head that, too in this scenario, so that there's part of that too. Sure, <laughs> sure. And it's not my money; somebody else's money. So. Right. You know how that game goes, Clark. Yeah. Well, sure. Um, another thing that we've we've uh, been hearing a lot about when it comes to the Jays. Uh, and we had there was some hype around Austin Martin this past offseason after he got drafted so high, uh, and then he was on the taxi squad. There's been some young guys who have been talked about for a lot of years. It's, it feels like forever on this team, and a couple of those guys like Sean Reed Foley, uh, TJ Zoic, uh, Julian Merriweather after the Donaldson trade, um, and then Jordan Groshans. Are we going to start seeing some of those guys fill some prominent roles soon, or are they still down the road Do that from what you've heard or no? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, look, Zoic, they had almost written him off after last year when he came up, and they didn't think much of him. And then based on necessity, he got called up, and he really impressed when he got a chance this year. Merriweather came in just throwing heat, you know, shoving, and he got hurt again. And for the two years since being dealt in the Donaldson deal, he was getting hurt all the time. Um, Roshan's kind of knocking on the door. There's always so much hype about prospects, and rare is it that the you know that they live up to the hype. Um, so until they're here, until they do it, until you see it, there's just no way of really knowing. Uh, other than Pearson, I just I just think that guy once once he puts it together, and there are going to be some real growing pains along the way, but once he does. Um, to me, if I'm buying stock in one Blue Jay, and I think Bo Bichette's going to be the face of the franchise, I still think Guerrero can hit. I think Biggio is going to be the most versatile player that they have. And th and they're all, they have a major league track record. But if there's one guy I'm buying stock in right now in the entire organization, it's Pearson. Now, we've, we've had a lot of talks about Nate Pearson uh, on this show and just in general. Um, is he shoehorned in for a starter's role next year or with Ken Giles probably not coming back and him being hurt anyways? I've been saying <laughs> that Nate Pearson should see a little time in the closer's role just to kind of ease him in uh, to that starting job that obviously he's destined for. But am I crazy in saying that? Is Jordan Romano going to be the guy or is there somebody else that we're not thinking about? I don't think that Pearson's going to be a closer role. I can see him being a bullpen arm uh, and then transition into the starter role, but I don't see him being a ninth inning guy right away. Romano, you hope, can be that guy. The injury he has, some have recovered and some just flat haven't. But Romano, from what we saw this year, has the makeup, has the head, has the stuff, fastball slider. He's basically put everything aside other than those two pitches. And he can do it if he can stay healthy. But again, like, and I and I hate to beat a dead horse with this whole thing, 
we just don't know at all what the landscape of 2021 is going to look like. So we can, you know, how many games will the season be? Will it be 60, 80, 100, 120, 162? I mean, so much of that, how big is the, how big is the roster? What will the minor leagues look like? Can you shuffle guys back and forth from AAA? Will there be a AAA next season? All of these things we don't have answers to, organizations don't have answers to, there's there's no clarity whatsoever. So until you have some of those answers, it's great to have an alternate site. Is that what it's going to be next year or not? Um, you know, there, there's still some development required for a lot of those guys you mentioned, especially Zoic, especially Martin, especially Pearson. And then if a guy's struggling, where can he go and figure himself out? You know, that that weighs into the, that weighs into the equation, too. Well, yeah, and, and there's all that talk. Even when we talk about the NHL, there's there's stuff going on there where they don't know what the AHL is going to be specifically yet. The East Coast Hockey League, is that even going to be a thing? What's junior hockey? Half the leagues don't even know if they're going to play games. So uh, it's a wild, We're wild frontier. Sorry, what was that, Arash? Yeah, are they going to have are they going to have body checking? Is that going to be a thing? <laughs> right. Yeah. We and we talked about that earlier as oh, well yeah. today. Uh, so yeah, there's there's all sorts of question marks uh, in every sport. So you're right. It's kind of hard to really go too far down those roads. But Max, you had another question uh, about Vladdy. I want to get into that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Arash, you alluded to it earlier. We still think the kid can hit. I mean, he's, what, 21 years old? There seems to be some time there to allow him to progress. Now, one thing that I'm seeing on his Instagram is it seems like they gave him a playbook this offseason. It was to get fit. Um, what do you think that would possibly do for him in allowing him to maybe recapture his original position with the organization at third base? Or do you see maybe a natural fit of him maybe having a little bit more time to develop into that first baseman's role obviously rowdy telez they've got some options there but what do you see for vladdy if he is again hypothetically able to get into the physical shape that we think he needs to be in to play third base for a 162 game season i think the world's his oyster if he's able to do that i think that changes the whole dynamic of what guerrero can be for them look he's here to hit there's no question but you can't have a 22-year-old full-time DH. That we know. Now, Ross Atkins was on with Tim and Sid at the end of the season. He kept the door open that perhaps third base is still an option down the road. Look, what they asked him to do this year, this is not men's slow pitch, guys. You don't just put a guy at first base, have him put one foot on the bag, and that's what he does, and then he just goes and rakes. There's so much that goes into it. Even Max Muncie in game four of the World Series on the relay, on the throw to Will Smith, yanked the throw through to the first base side rather than the third base side, especially now with all the shifts, especially with those cutoff deals. A lot goes into making that position change. So number one for Guerrero is him working on his body. And I've seen the same things, Max, that you have on Instagram. If he comes back, in shape and has transformed his body, that's a big sign that he's giving the coaching staff in front office about where he is, where his priorities are, where his focus is, and where his determination is moving forward. 
That's great. And, you know, here's hoping that uh, he is taking it as seriously as it looks mm -hmm. and he can come back and make a big step because he showed so much flash in that first go around. And then the home run derby obviously got everybody up in arms and, and jingly. So here's hoping that he can kind of get back to that form and, and push forward. Arash, we're going to let you go. This has been a great conversation. We really appreciate you joining us tonight, and hopefully we can do it again soon. But uh, until then, take care, and uh, we'll do it again. Thanks a ton, Arash. I appreciate it, guys. Always good talking baseball. All right, and we'll get you back on the RP show soon as well, my good man. Okay, fellas. Appreciate it. All right. All right, and that, of course, was Arash Madani brought to you by IKS Media, uh, the great team over there. We're in their studios as we speak. IKS is your premier destination for event planning, live broadcasts and entertainment, video screens, and so much more. Visit IKSmedia.ca for more information and find out how they can make your event the hottest ticket in town. Always the best seat in the house with IKS Media. We are going to head to a break, and we have Brian Snow of Snowman in the Morning coming up after the break. Brian, get your hot takes ready. We're coming for you. <laughs> Here we go. We'll see you after the break. Don't rack your brain trying to source the equipment and materials you need for your business. Rockstar can operate your entire supply chain, from PO creation to expediting your shipments, all from our office. Leverage the buying power of the Rockstar Buying Group to not only save money and time, but also the headache. From gloves to glue, we can provide it for you. Find out more at rockstar.com. Everyday hoop life. Does this look familiar? Your fans deserve an incredible arena experience. It's time for an upgrade. Stunning graphics. Revenue opportunities are just the beginning with our in-venue display systems and scoring technology. Let us help you find the best solution for your facility. DDG, always delivering the best fan experience. Find us at ddgregina.com. He's covering everything that matters to you. It's the Rod Peterson Show. Tune in live Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to noon, to catch the show live and be a part of the action. Take control by commenting live and sharing the show with your friends. IKS Live. IKS Live. Western Canada's premier production services company. LED. LED sign rentals. Video. Video production. Event. Event management. Look no further than IKS Live. Visit our website. IKS Live. Always the best seat in the house. IKS Live.
sorry, I just got caught dancing to our intro song every time. It's so catchy. Thank you to, again to Irrational Danny Max. That was a blast. Oh, like, that was awesome. We got so much out of that, and uh, we're going to take a few of those talking points and get into our next guest here. Joining us from North Carolina. I don't know how if he's six foot six and he, if he went to North Carolina, he maybe Brian. Are you six foot six? Are you a shooting guard out of North Carolina? <laughs> no, that would be the legendary Michael Jordan. I am only <laughs> six foot five, and the first sport I ever loved was baseball. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. You were the opposite because he jumped in late for your White Sox. Yes, but uh, anyways, <laughs> Brian, we are going to get to your. Poor, decimated 49ers soon, but we we just came out of a great talk with Arash Madani talking Major League Baseball, Toronto Blue Jays specifically, because he works for Sportsnet and they obviously have the broadcast rights, so we got deep in them, Mm -hmm. but uh, let's dive into baseball because I'm anxious to get your takes on a few things, and we'll start with your Chicago White Sox bringing in Tony La Russa. What are you thinking about that, Brian? Can you explain the move? Because Rick Renteria just got nominated for Manager of the Year, and now they're bringing in La Russa. So what's going on over there? I don't know. Um, I, I'm kind of torn because Renteria did a great job with the White Sox. But at the same time, when you have a chance to bring someone back who, A, meant a lot to your organization, as Tony La Russa has, B, has three world championships, and C, the most important thing, has a plaque in the Hall of Fame with his name on it, I think you jump at the opportunity. I got into the White Sox when he was the manager. He was the first manager I ever came to love. I, I t- take the chance. This is not a friendship move. This is a move to get the White Sox over the top because it, the same thing kind of happened when Ozzie Guillen was brought in to be the manager for the White Sox in 2004. A year later, they went it all in 2005, and he's regarded as the legend ever since then. So I think this is kind of the same same move. I hate to see Rick Renteria get the, um, get the plug pulled on him again like the Cubs did but at the same time, if you have a chance to upgrade, take it. Hundred percent, Brian. You know what? It's kind of funny where we're looking at it from a perspective of being Jays fans. We likened it to the move of Cito Gaston when they brought him back. Obviously, not quite mm-hmm. as prolific of a, of a run his second go around. But maybe we want to kind of educate White Sox, or sorry, not White Sox fans. We want to educate our fans north of the border here about your White Sox a little bit from a player standpoint. So as a nation, we're represented by the Toronto Blue Jays, but why should people north of the border here be excited about the up-and-coming White Sox from the south side of Chicago? Let's go back to 1993. Remember how young that team was and the uh, fearsome force and pitching that they had? Jack McDowell, Alex Fernandez, Jason Beret, and Wilson Alvarez. And uh, Frank Thomas, they had also Ellis Burks, Lance Johnson. That's why the Jays need to, that's why folks north of the border need to be excited about the White Sox. This is a young team that can hit, and they can hit very, very well. The problem with the White Sox, and I think they're going to solve it this this year, um, this offseason, I beg your pardon, they got to get some pitching. Because outside of Lucas Giolito, and they made some room, and uh, jettisoning, jettisoning uh, Gio Gonzalez, they need to get some starting pitching and some strong starting pitching because Giolito is going to be the ace. Dallas Keuchel is going to come back healthy. So there's your one-two punch. 
The White Sox have been successful when they have had four good starters. Go back to 2005, John Garland, 18 wins. Uh, Jose Contreras, 15 wins. Uh, Mark Burley, 16 wins. And um, uh, Garland, Burley, uh, Freddy Garcia, uh, oh, 14, yeah. 14 wins. When you have a staff that's successful, it's going to be exciting to watch. The Toronto Blue Jays, 1993, they were led by um, Juan Guzman, who was the was the ace of that staff. He won two games in the League Championship Series. So for the same reason that the Blue Jays were exciting to watch this past year, the White Sox also. A young team that can hit, and they are so prepared, and they're right there in taking the next step. So we're we're coming into a year now, Brian, where there's a lot of uncertainty. We just again, we just talked with Arash Madani and we asked him a bunch of questions and he's like, Well, I just don't know how many games there's gonna be. I don't know how many guys are gonna be on the rosters. I don't know where the Blue Jays are gonna play their home games. They're in that situation again, Brian. So with a lot of uncertainty, it sounds like it sounds to me from what I've been watching and reading, the top guns in free agency are still gonna get their dollars. But that second yep. tier, maybe like the the eighth to the rest of them ranked guys, they might not get much. So is it a year where you might see a couple of teams kind of take advantage of that? Like for your White Sox, for example, if they're looking to make some depth moves, but some important ones, maybe this is the year they do it. Do you think they'll be busy this offseason? And if not them, who do you see maybe taking a chance on a few guys this offseason? I don't think the White Sox will be busy this offseason. I know they'll be busy this offseason because there's a fellow by the name of George Springer who is a very good basketball player. And the rumors from the South Side is that Springer is going to come to the South Side for a five-year deal. You get a fellow like that in your outfield that can help the young outfielders like Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez, and you add a power bat like that in the lineup, it's just going to enhance the White Sox, the White Sox lineup. The tier two guys, and like you said, if there's a chance and a time where they can take advantage of not being and not having the the, the chance to pay the guys the mega bucks that they're used to getting, now's the time to get it because there's no certainty on how many games are going to be played. There's no certainty on when they're going to start, because remember, they were supposed to start in March last year, and then coronavirus said, thank you very much, I'll take a hold of it. So there are a lot of questions still yet to be answered. And one of the questions that I have now, and this is live as we're talking, this is happening, we just saw the MLB Network post a video talking about Trevor Bauer, who is who is the, the top guy available in terms of starting pitchers. There's no... I don't think there's any much arguing. There's a few guys available, but he's he's probably the top guy. So M- MLB mm-hmm. Network just posted a Twitter clip uh, two hours ago. Where could top free agent arm Trevor Bauer land? It's a minute, 23 second long. And they mentioned maybe the Blue Jays might be a decent fit for him. Trevor Bauer replies himself, Toronto's a nice city. Could be a destination. <laughs> Wink face. So now my juices are flowing. Oh, I know. I'm <laughs> That sounds good to me. Let's do it. I'm in. Um, we had, uh, I want to get your thoughts on this because it has to do with a Central Division team. So near and dear to your heart with the White Sox, Cleveland Indians. We had Arash Madani on here just a second ago. 
The Cle- are the Cleveland Indians in a fire sale mode? And could Francisco Lindor be the biggest splash this offseason, even though he's not a free agent? And who else could be on the move that you know of or that you could see getting they could get rid of on that roster? Yes, twice to answer your question. It's, it's going to be a fire sale for Cleveland. And if you think about it, the fire sale for the Indians have been going on since 2017. Why do I bring up that year? Because in 2017, they won 102 games, had a two-game-to-none lead over the New York Yankees, and then everything just fell flat. And it's kind of been flat in the postseason since then. It just seems like the Indians can't find the correct pieces to fix their team. And the other thing they did, they let Trevor, they let Trevor Bauer walk. Why are you training Trevor Bauer in the midst of a division rate, a pennant rate? They're in a fire sale mode, and that mode is going to be going on for at least two years. Well, I'm excited because there's a, quite a few roster guys on that team where you could be like, hey, he could be a big piece on this team or this team or this team. and uh, So that would be interesting. A uh, team to watch, definitely, the Cleveland Indians, and maybe for all the wrong reasons. But, Brian, let's, uh, let's switch to the gridiron. Let's switch from the black and white to the red and gold. We want to get into your thoughts on what your 49ers are going to do now that pretty much everybody and their dog is on the IR. Uh, so yeah. they have that long list of the IR. Is their season hooped or is there a light at the end of the tunnel? Like, what, do you, what are your thoughts right now? How are you feeling as a 49ers fan? Snake bitten. Because this happened um, two years ago when a lot of expectations were uh, – going the way of the 49ers, and 2018 was supposed to be the year they finally climbed out of the basement and ruled the NFC West, but there's, they were snake-bitten by injuries to some of the same some of the same players. Now you get to 2020 after a Super Bowl appearance, and people want to blame it on the hangover. Well, you can call it whatever you want, but when half of your squad is on IR and unable to perform, thanks a lot taking the OTAs away, thanks a lot taking the preseason away, which I think is the biggest mitigating circumstance that I can think of for a team coming off of an NFC championship. But when half of the team that you depend on is on IR, especially now finding out Garoppolo may need surgery, George Kittle's gone for the rest of the year, Raheem Mostert's going to come back only in a couple of weeks, there are, seri- there are serious problems. But most of it, is due to the laundry list of injuries in San Francisco. Yeah, absolutely, Brian. And I must say, at, at risk of not ever being invited to come back on your show, as a Rams fan, I think it's great, personally. <laughs> but in all seriousness, or all seriousness, though, so their injury troubles, it's kind of putting a damper on how great a year is coming out of the NFC West. It is truly a, a battle yeah. from one to four. Um, I'm just wondering, again, from top to bottom anyways, uh, with the expansion of seven teams coming out of each conference, now with the Niners seemingly on paper with the IR list expanding so long out of it, who do you think emerges from the remaining three teams out of the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and the Rams to maybe take over and be at the top of the divisional mountain at the end of the year? Well, first you got to look at Seattle. Russell Wilson is doing Russell Wilson things, and that's uh, the the thing that worries me about Seattle. And I've said this on my program so many times over: the second half of the year, they become too Russell Wilson dependent. I don't want them to become too Russell Wilson dependent. When they had Beast Mode as their main running back, you know, Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson can run for a thousand yards. That's what made Seattle offense so dangerous. Now. 
they don't have a healthy running back. You got a great receiver in DK Metcalf who can fly, is big and strong, and can pinpoint the ball at its highest peak or its lowest point and go get the ball. The the biggest thing with me with Seattle, can they stay healthy defensively? Can they get the right pieces to finish off the NFC West? Because they're running away with it. The only well, you they're gonna get threats from the Rams and Arizona. More Arizona than the Rams because Arizona gave Seattle all kinds of mess in the desert before Arizona stole the game in overtime. Seattle's the front runner to come out of the NFC to come out of the NFC West. There have been talks that they would go to sixteen teams to be in the NFL playoffs. But as far as the NFC West goes, I hate the fact that the 49ers are so riddled with injury. When they lost Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas, that became the biggest problem. Eric Armstead has not played up to the contract that he was given throughout the offseason. Maybe that, maybe him missing DeForest Buckner on the other side, you know, kind of brought him down and they're waiting for Javon Kinlaw to step into his role as well, which he will and which Armstead will. As far as the 49ers go, you, you can't do anything but batten down the hatches and play for 2021. And that's when the NFC rest will, will really be competitive. But as of right now, I got to go with Seattle. I can't argue with you. And we'll get into that in just a sec. We got a lightning round coming up for you here, Brian. I want to go. Th- I got five questions for you. 25 or 30 seconds or less. Let's get your answers. First one, Antonio Brown or Des Bryant? Who has more impact with their teams going forward? Neither one of them, because neither one of them is going to last the remainder of the season with their teams for one reason or another, especially Antonio Brown. See what happened to him with the Patriots? That's a great answer. I wasn't expecting that, but I I can't argue. (laughs) Steelers, best team in the NFL. Why? Why not? Nope, because the Kansas City Chiefs are the world champions, and the, the Steelers want their seventh Super Bowl title. they got to see Patrick Mahomes. They'll either be in Pittsburgh or in Kansas City. And that leads me to my next one. Best quarterback in the league right now. Ty, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. They're doing their thing. They are carrying their team to what is possibly a Super Bowl clash in Tampa. If the Cowboys won't sign Colin Kaepernick at this point, are we ever going to see him in the NFL ever again? Should we just give that up? Give it up because no team will sign Colin Colin Kaepernick. As a matter of fact, given the fact that he opted out of his contract in 2016, no team wants to sign Colin Kaepernick and take on those problems on or off the field. It's unfortunate. Uh, You know, the Cowboys are in a tough place, too. Gucci (laughs) man. He's going to lead them. Uh, You talk about the 49ers having a tough time. (laughs) There's a couple teams. Talk about the Falcons. That's another show altogether, Brian. (laughs) I got to get some therapy (laughs) sessions for that one. And last one, who will be drafting first overall when they announce it that that team is on the clock? Who's got first overall pick? New York Jets. I don't see the Jets winning a game this season. I feel sorry for your Falcons. I I don't feel sorry for the Cowboys because they're getting what they they deserve with everything that they put us through uh, since 1995 and what Jerry Jones has put that team through. But the first pick will go to the New York Jets. Okay, follow-up question, because I just thought of it. If you're the Jets, you get the first overall pick. You trade Sam Darnold, or you keep the pick. And uh, Sorry, you trade Sam Darnold, or you trade the pick? That's what I'm trying to say. Trade Sam Darnold. 
Sam Darnold has been ruined in New York. He needs to get out. He needs to get under a more stable system, and he needs to show what he can do. Maybe the 49ers. Ooh. Maybe. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. I still he, believe – part of me still believes in – Part of me still believes in Garoppolo because now you're looking at three significant injuries that he has to come back from. Remember, the ACL is okay, but we still haven't seen his his full potential. Sam Darnold wore those colors in college. He did. He was in. That I know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Brian, thanks for checking. Pro- the only problem is the only oh. problem is that was USC. That's Southern California, not Northern California. Ah. You're right. You're right. I lived in that area. I should have known better. <laughs> Uh, you can catch Brian regularly on the Rod Peterson Show, which, of course, is our father's show. Uh, and every day over on his Facebook page, Snowman in the Morning, go click like on his page over there right now. Brian, is that the best place to check you out, or where can everybody find you? Everybody can find me on Facebook Live, Snowman in the Morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. If you're on the go, uh, search via TuneIn for Snowman in the Morning. That's where you can find me. And that comes on just before the Rod Peterson Show. So for all you people, watch that first. Jump over to our show. And then watch SJHL at noon on Mondays. Jeez, options <laughs> that's not our That's not our show. I Love shouldn't it. plug it that yeah, much. Yeah, what are you but. doing? Come on, Clark. Anyways, <laughs> Brian, thanks for joining us. We'll do this again sometime. How, how's that sound? I appreciate it, my friends. I love thanks you guys. Time, thanks Brian. for having me on. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And just before break, are you looking to, for a way to improve your skills on the baseball diamond? Uh, are your kids in need of some training, skill development, or personal coaching? Well, head over to RBI Training Center uh, and check out their Facebook page, their website, or their Instagram, and get over there now. It's located just east of Regina. RBI is Southern Saskatchewan's premier baseball and softball training facility. Check out their Facebook website and Instagram, as I said, and get to work at RBI. They rise above the rest. We're going to go to a quick break, come back, answer a few questions, and we'll get out of here uh, and let you get back to that crazy, crazy election coverage that oh, that's- everyone Everyone's what was just going on driving cra- going crazy for that's it. So what it was. we'll see you right after the break. <laughs> Don't rack your brain trying to source the equipment and materials you need for your business. Rockstar can operate your entire supply chain from PO creation to expediting your shipments all from our office. Leverage the buying power of the Rockstar Buying Group to not only save money and time, but also the headache. From gloves to glue, we can provide it for you. Find out more at rockstar.com. Everyday hoop life. Does this look familiar? Your fans deserve an incredible arena experience. It's time for an upgrade. Stunning graphics. Revenue opportunities are just the beginning with our in-venue display systems and scoring technology. Let us help you find the best solution for your facility. DDG, always delivering the best fan experience. Find us at ddgregina.com. He's covering everything that matters to you. It's the Rod Peterson Show. Tune in live Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to noon, to catch the show live and be a part of the action. 
take control by commenting live and sharing the show with your friends. IKS Live. IKS Live. Western Canada's premier production services company. LED. LED sign rental. Video. Video production. Event, event management. Look no further than IKS Live. Visit our website. IKS Live. Always the best seat in the house. IKS Live. All right, we're coming back. This is going to be a quick segment. We're going to wrap it up here in just a few minutes, but we have a couple of questions. And, Jordan, if you can throw it up, it's our Ask Us Anything segment. Hulk Hogan's going to be throwing up the one of those. I'll wait for it. You can call that. What, what, what was that signature uh, move? The I don't know. Let me hear you. I don't know. Only thing I know it's is gotta be the something Ric Flair drip or something, whatever Woo. the kids are saying. Yeah, there's a song about that. Nice. Our first question is... What's the word on budget available for the Jays to bolster their pitching staff? Now, we talked about that with Arash a little bit, and his answer was a little bit uncertain because of everything that's going on. He's not sure how many games there's going to be. He's not sure how many guys are going to be on the rosters, uh, where the Jays are going to be playing. We're not quite sure yet, but... Max, what did you, what have you heard so far about the budget for next season? Well, the nice thing for the Jays, right, is they're owned by a public corporation, right? They're owned by Rogers, so they've got multiple revenue streams. It's not like the Jays shutting down effectively eliminated all of their revenue. So I'm expecting them to spend between, now again, this is very hypothetical as Arash alluded to, pie in the sky. Maybe we are going to see that $100 plus million payroll with the projection of what it was with, uh, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? The uh, the retraction in salary oh, uh, from this pro-rated. for the prorated salaries yeah. from this year was just under eighty million. Again, with Rogers, they've got some spending power, they've got some buying power in the market, and I think if the right pieces are available, as Clark alluded to earlier, uh, possibly at Trevor Bauer, um, yeah, we may be looking at a hundred to one hundred twenty million dollar payroll to bolster the areas of need. So yeah, the way I've taken it, Ross Atkins said it sounds like they open up the budget if they need to, mm-hmm. and uh, of course he's going to say that because why would you say otherwise mm-hmm. if you're going into free agency you want to at least put the image out there that you have mm-hmm. money to spend especially coming off an optimistic season but though yeah exactly and the way i look at it is they have team control and cheap team control mm-hmm. over a lot of their stud young guys right now for the next two three four years mm-hmm. so maybe you spend big now and give a good team around those guys for the next three, four years. Like give Trevor Bauer a four-year contract. Mm-hmm. Go get Lindor. Give him a he can go longer because he's younger. But guys like that, go get them. Go give them money for the next three or four years. And then when it's time to pay Bo Bichette and Vladdy and Cra- uh, Kevin, B- I was going to say Craig Biggio, Kevin Biggio, and uh, re-up Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Mm-hmm. and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Nate Pearson, uh, you already had your run, and then those guys are ready exactly. to be. Elite superstar. You're so, reopening a window, right? You're creating sustainable winning, which is I what like Jays the, fans want to see. I like the idea, if it's possible, for them to go out now and spend big. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question, do you think they have a realistic shot at Trevor Bauer? Now, we kind of just talked about that because Trevor Bauer just went out and tweeted, I like Toronto as a city. It's a good destination. It is a nice city. And that gets me ex- super excited. Mm-hmm. The problem is they might not be playing in Toronto next year. They might yeah. be playing in Buffalo. Hopefully that doesn't affect it too much. Uh, but that is interesting, the fact that he would tweet that at a time like this. Mm-hmm. 
of course, Trevor Bauer, the ultimate troll, is going to do is, that yeah. and just f- start freaking everybody it's out. Part of his allure, in a sense, too. I love it. I love yeah. the guy. He's awesome. He's what baseball needs. He needs more. They need more. Give, Trevor gives, Bauer gives you stuff to talk about. Just right? don't throw the ball over center field when you yeah, get don't do from that. Game. Or that like cut your finger on a drone. Or that on the yeah. drone, right? I was against the Jays. I was against the Jays. That's and funny. We still lost that series. Yeah, I know. Uh, Brady Witt, which NBA restart schedule do you guys prefer? So I haven't had a ton of time to look mm-hmm. at what the actual options are. Me and Max kind of just looked at it here in the break. Mm-hmm. Sounds like they're targeting December twenty, December something, yeah, before and the year end here, January twenty second. So obviously January twenty second is probably a shorter schedule. December is probably a bit of a longer schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna just kind of defer that one. And I'm assuming you don't have a full answer either for this one, just because yeah. it's so early. I guess the only thing I would say on it is, again, we're coming up on a it's a what if and hypothetical type of year right? yeah. without anything in stone. And they also want to have this thing called the Summer Olympics next year. Mm. So that's going to be kind of playing into the NHL's mind, NBA. There's going to be a lot of maybe potential scheduling, maneuvering, having to occur in order to get full seasons in in each respective sport. I mean, you have to think you want the longer option. So whatever that happens to be, obviously, they're going to try to try to get that going. But mm-hmm. whatever is safest and ensures that they get what they consider a full season and body contact and body contact in basketball. Hey, don't bring Lisa McLeod to any NBA committee, planning committee. No, meetings. don't do it. No, Lisa, stay out of the NBA. <laughs> Uh, oh, this is a good one. You know what? Let's interject this one really fast because yeah. we just have a couple minutes left. Uh, Robin Wildy, what are your thoughts on the WHL players playing in Junior A? Robin, uh, what I'll get you to do is listen to the rest of this show and then head over to our Facebook page. I posted a video on there uh, with my full thoughts on this because I worked in both the SJHL and WHL. So I kind of have a good, I feel like I have a good feel for both leagues and what they both mean to different players. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just sum it up really quick. Uh, it sucks for the guys who get shafted by this. Um, it's a short-term thing, and I'm hoping the leagues kind of have a little bit of understanding when it comes to guys' eligibility, uh, their carding, because I know Junior A is weird with cards. You can't just bring a guy in and then let him go and bring him back, or you can't bring a guy in and then he goes away. And you, There's a finite amount of players you can bring in in Junior A. So if they can, if they can stretch it out, Robin's he's good. He's listening. Um, if they can stretch out the rules a little bit and allow this to benefit everybody, it's exciting for those smaller communities to get some of their local guys coming back. Like Cole Fonstad, former PA Raider, who you know well, uh, won a championship there. He's from Estevan. He's playing with the Bruins now. He's playing with some of his buddies he played Bantam with, Pee Wee with. They're on a line together. It's exciting for those guys, and it's exciting for their communities to kind of embrace those guys coming back. These guys are NHL draft picks, a lot of them. Uh, you look at Brooks in Alberta. They just brought Ozzy Weisblad in, who just got picked by the San Jose Sharks, and Jake Neighbors, who was a St. Louis Blues St. Louis Blues draft pick. pick. They're from around that sort of area, and they would never get a chance to see NHL draft picks. Well, Brooks is a different. They had Kale McCarr there a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, they've been spoiled. They are a spoiled t- town. Uh, they sm- it smells bad though. It, there's a there's hear? a meat processing plant there, oh, there is. and some oil. It's not a good mix. Maybe we should, maybe we'll stay away from that. I mean, we drove through there on the way to BC. That doesn't that doesn't sound worse. We didn't like stop, <laughs> but it's a nice it's a nice rink. They got a nice rink and great staff. So <laughs> you're you're firing on all cylinders <laughs> this late in the evening. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I like the idea for the communities getting some of those guys who they never would have otherwise seen. Uh, it sucks for some of the guys who might get a rough end of the stick on that one, but. No pun intended on that. Yeah, there's kind of a double stick. There's a double-edged thing there. But last one, and then we're out of here. Craig Smith, and this is specifically for you, Max. Ooh. All right. Question for later. Mad Max, 
Where are you from? Where did you go to school? High school? College? University? What do you want to do for a living? Media? Sports club? Or other? Craig, I hope you're watching because here's your answer. We got, about, we got about 25 minutes? Got, no. no, 25 seconds. Uh, you know <laughs> no. what, Craig? Thank you very much for Minute the question. Um, but you know what? I, I'm from, born and raised here in Regina, Saskatchewan. Went to school at Winston Old Collegiate. It's kind of funny. I'm an Uplands kid, so I did plan on going to Robert Usher. That was my dad's alma mater for high Ooh. school. Uh, that's a maybe little known tidbit. The Usher uh, Unicorns. Yes, that's right. A beautiful gym, beautiful training facility, yeah. by the way. It's unfortunate that the school got shut down. Yeah. Uh, but as far as what I want to do for a living, you know what? To be honest, it's kind of what we're doing right now, sitting across from a good gentlemen speak at sports um and yeah media would be fantastic to be in uh hey if i could work for the nashville predators or toronto blue jays obviously that is the ultimate dream so if anybody's listening from those teams but uh i'll no, tag I guess, them in the comments <laughs> later and they'll th- see it thank you very much clark yeah. but uh yeah know, like i said i'm very fortunate to be sitting in this chair right now after an awesome summer uh and thank you very much for the uh, question craig i look forward to getting to know you a lot better as well too as time goes on yes craig's one of the best uh we had him on the show obviously yes. last week thank you craig Thank you, Craig, again, because his comments are coming in as we uh, finish up the show Appreciate here. Appreciate it greatly. Good, Last sir. one, John O'Flynn. Who wins CFL Sim, Lions and Sask this Saturday? Oh. The Lions have been playing good. Saskatchewan has not been playing good in that simulation world. They, I think Darren said today they're 1-6 and six in their last seven games, Ooh, the Riders going into this playoff series against the BC Lions. Virtual so, or real sports, that's not a streak you want to be You don't want to be no. going into the playoffs 1-6. and six. Uh, The Lions have been up and down all year, but they've been hot at times. And uh, you know what? BC Lions. I think they're oh, going to take you're, it. You're going to go against the home team. Hey? Yeah, you're I'm going to do it. You're going to John O'Flynn. I'm just, I'm just pandering to John. I just, uh, I just want John to be a bigger fan of me. So little, I'm just little known fact as well, Craig Clark has a new nickname that I've dubbed for him. He's the Pander and Panda. Yeah, that's what he is. He he likes to pander to all sorts and all kinds of folks. So the Panda, the Pander and Panda. That's going to do it here for us tonight. Now that my nickname is outed. <laughs> Tomorrow on the Rod Peterson Show, tune in. It's going to be a fun one. We have NLL, that's National Lacrosse League host, and sideline reporter Devin Caney coming on with us. She's going to talk about the return to play, and uh, we're really looking forward to chatting with her. Philadelphia sports podcaster Dan Saravelli, cousin of Frank Saravelli. The silver-haired wonder from yeah. TSN, hey? His cousin Dan is going to join us. He has the enterprise sports podcast going awesome. it's a big podcast i looked at it it's got thirteen thousand followers yeah on rod Instagram. was just on it hey yeah rod was on it the other day nice. so they're exchanging uh, appearances dan's coming on with Excellent. us and this one's fun and for the blue jays fans tuning in toronto blue jays great three-time world series champion i had to look this up how did he win three Todd Stottlemyre is joining us on the show tomorrow. Super pumped for that. Obviously, he won the two with the Blue Jays in the Mm -hmm. 90s. And then we looked at it, and I'm like, well, he didn't play on any World Series teams. He was injured the year the Diamondbacks won in 2001. Uh, So he still got his name on the show. He still got his name on it. Hey, that's all that matters. Next week on the Squadcast, stay tuned, because we have some question marks up in the air as to who's going to join us for that one. Mm -hmm. But it should be a good one. So make sure, again, next Tuesday, hopefully there's not a freaking World Series game or an NFL game on a Tuesday for some reason. Or like an election the election in the States or NHL playoffs or whatever. Hopefully we have a clear night for a change, but we'll see. I, I never look at the schedule, so whatever's going on, we'll see. But anyways, from the basement of the bunker, we are signing off. I'm producer Clark, Mad Max. Director Jordan's in the back, and he's got to go to bed. He's tired. He's a yeah. tired boy, so he's got to have his booty sleep. Uh, plus, our friends at Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions, IKS Media, Vigor Lifestyles, Hoop Life Basketball, and RBI Baseball. We will see you next week, and here's my song lyric to sign off. This is the one. It's something unpredictable, but in the end, it's right. I hope you had the time of your life. We'll see you next week.